0: Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer.
1: And I'm Katie Gainey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture.
0: Hey, Katie. How are you today?
1: Oh, so good. Thank you. I finally have a microphone.
0: You do. You have an official microphone. So now we're big time. Now we can get this down a, to
1: business. This
0: is a big time podcast now. So <laughs> get ready, world. And get ready, other popular movie podcasts, because we're, we're coming after you. Mm-hmm. So be ready. So uh, t- on today's episode... We're reviewing uh, the new Aladdin, the live-action remake, which came out very recently, starring Will Smith, a bunch of other people, too. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. Um, Also, we're kind of going to give you our, you know, rankings of where we think this one falls and the other Disney live-action remakes, kind of where we put this one in our personal list as far as the ones that they've remade. And then also we're going to kind of run down our upcoming uh, schedule of movies for you that we're going to review because it's summertime now and it's getting very busy with all these movies coming out. And so we want to let you know what is kind of coming down the road so that you can also go see these movies and then be prepared for when we review them. So, but... First up, we both had interactions with celebrities this past week, I guess, if you want to call it that. We were both in big celebrities' presences, their auras, if you will. So first up, Katie, you got to see um, Tom Hanks at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He was doing an episode of the Today Show, and they did it live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So tell me what that was like, just being in the audience for that. It seemed like it was pretty cool.
1: Yes. I I think everybody knows at this point that my love for Tom Hanks is major. And <laughs> so it was so cool. It was because of you. Uh, Jared shared with me that there was a contest to come see a taping of the Today Show because they were coming to Indianapolis for the 500, which is world famous. So um, I... Demanded politely that all of my family enter the contest and my dad actually won and initially that's right yes initially (laughs) I thought that he could just hand off the tickets because I didn't know if he'd want to go but apparently they were very strict about if you won the tickets you had to be one of the people there. Oh. Okay. So he, yeah. So he went- We should also
0: mention your your dad is like, he likes movies, but he's not he like does. really, he doesn't really like get um, hyped up over like no. seeing stars or whatever. Like so. he loves
1: movies and books and instilled that in me, but he does not show, he is not enthusiastic in the same way about these things. Like No,
0: like when we- watch the Oscars every year. We have a big, uh, Oscars party and he always just kind of like hangs out upstairs. Yes. So he doesn't really care what happens at all or seeing the stars or anything. Yes. So. He's
1: like supportive from a distance. <laughs> and he was hilarious because he kind of was like, oh, I have to go to see Tom Hanks. But he loved it when we were there. Well, you great. could tell he was excited and he does actually enjoy Tom Hanks quite a bit. Um, and oddly enough, we ran into my aunt and my cousin also got to go. But we didn't Very know cool. that either. I don't know if they entered the contest or what, but my aunt actually got to am, uh, ask a question that I think was later Ooh. on, like the segment that aired. Um, But it was so neat because thankfully the weather, so I've had horrible luck with weather too, because we had the tornadoes come through Dayton this week, um, which everything's okay. But in Indiana, we also had horrible weather when I was visiting. And because the, there was actual lightning, they had to move the segment inside. So Tom Hanks came in the room and they didn't tell us it was him. They just said someone was about to come in the room. And I feel like I had an instant, my alert status was going off. Like Tom Hanks is near Tom Hanks is near. So like I went a random <laughs> yeah. girl
0: named, uh, Samantha isn't coming in or anything, you know, otherwise they wouldn't announce it. Yeah. So. They wouldn't
1: say who it was. And okay. I was so excited though. And I raced over to the door and it was Tom. Um, and I instantly started breathing heavily, but there were so many people over there that I could barely see. Um, cause I'm so short. So I just kept lifting up my phone to take pictures and then would bring it down to me so I could see where he was. But it was great because since he was moved inside, the whole time they were setting up the shots and they were getting Savannah Guthrie in there and all the other people, he talked to the audience. And he wasn't made to do that, he just did. And I'm happy to report that all the rumors are true. Tom Hanks is just as sweet and wonderful as we want him to be, and we've always been told. So it was just fantastic. And the coolest part, I'll post a photo on our new Instagram, Silver Screen Podcast Instagram, um, later. But there was one section I didn't get a picture we walked onto the track after the lightning had stopped mm-hmm. and Cheryl Crow was about to perform, which was cool, but I wasn't there for Cheryl, And obviously, <laughs> Tom <laughs> walked out. They weren't, um, somehow my dad and I accidentally ended up in the VIP section. Nobody <laughs> noticed. Uh, so when we were walking onto the track, Tom Hanks and I almost bumped into each other, but I didn't wow. know it was him. Like neither of us, I didn't know it was him. Um, yeah. And I was so stunned. I just reached out and patted my dad's shoulder and said, dad, And then we looked, but he was so close, I could have reached out and touched him. So that was super cool, cool, but I didn't get a picture because I was just staring.
0: Yes, understandable. So I think the... The thing, too, that's really cool about that is, like you said, like, I was watching it on TV on the Today Show because they were doing it live, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. But the part, when he came into that, like, little room you guys were all in and just started talking, it was like maybe they were supposed to do it from, like, 8 to 9. And at 7.30, they, like, showed a shot of him in there. Yes. just like. And I thought, that's so neat. Like, like you said, he doesn't have to go in there and chat it up with you guys. But it's raining. You're all there. You're kind of like you've been there for a while. You're a little miserable. And so he's like, I'm just going to pop in here and do, like, a, you know, 45-minute Q&A just chatted up with people, kind of be your MC, which which is like you said, it seemed very cool and obviously something that he didn't have to do if he didn't want to.
1: And just to share too, because I do think this matters, especially in, in Indiana. This was great that he did this. He's the chairperson for Hidden Heroes, which is an organization, they don't sponsor us, I'm just sharing. Uh, That's why he was filming the Today Show segment, because he's the chair. And they not only focus on veterans, but they focus on their caretakers. So he even said, you know, money is great, you can donate money, but if you can donate your time and help with some of the veterans, it would take a load off a lot of these people um who have to provide full-time care to veterans. So he was it was a really great cause um and I definitely think this today show segment probably got more notice for it. And then Jared I'm happy to report he also he did talk very briefly about Toy Story 4 because there were a bunch of well, kids wonderful. which is cute. It was so cute. But he even said there's a snake in my boots. He said it twice. I thought my heart was going to explode. So that was wonderful. I taped a small segment of him talking just so I would have it on my phone, like his voice, but I didn't get, I w- didn't have my phone up fast enough to catch that. But it was cool to hear him in, actually in Woody's voice say those lines. Yeah,
0: that is neat. So it was a great um,
1: day. Thank you for asking. Thank you. And thanks to my no dad problem. for entering the contest.
0: Yes. And you got to, we should mention too, Al Roker, Roker was there as well. <gasps> yes. Who was I was such right a next to guy. him.
1: <laughs> yes. He is. Oh my so. gosh. He was, so, people were just as excited to see Al Roker. (laughs) And Savannah Guthrie, I was surprised. A lot of people were pumped to see her. And then um, Elizabeth Dole was there, Bob Dole's wife. So and I think she used to be um, a member of the Senate or Congress. I will double check that just to make sure but she is highly respected and people were very excited to see her.
0: Very cool. So yeah, cool experience at the Speedway for the Today Show, which is very neat. So And not often that somebody as big as like Tom Hanks comes to Indianapolis for a public event, I guess I should say. So they had him do a lot of things while he was here too. He did a lunch at Banker's Life Fieldhouse for the Hidden Heroes organization. Um, I know he met Andrew Luck of the Indianapolis Colts, which was a very funny conversation they yes. had up on their social media so he was definitely making the rounds around town uh, while he was here which is cool to see it wasn't again it's not like he just popped in did the today show for an hour and then left he was here for like probably a day day and a half doing some various uh media things right so oh and
1: elizabeth dole excuse me she was a senator just so you know i okay. i want to give her the respect she deserves but i wanted to make sure i gave the right title
0: very cool Yeah. so that was Katie's experience with Tom Hanks uh I also had an experience at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the 500 and it was with the the people that waved the green flag at the race uh Christian Bale and Matt Damon Ugh, so love Matt Damon were- they were there promoting their new movie, Ford v. Ferrari, which comes out in November. Um, basically, they are both kind of... It's, if you don't know, it's about a true story of an auto race where these people that worked for Ford thought that they could probably beat Ferrari in this auto race. And this was back in the 60s, even though Ferrari was like the team. you know, They were kind of untouchable at that time. So Matt Damon kind of plays the, the team owner, um, the person kind of in charge of the car and all that. And then Christian Bale plays the driver. Um, of the vehicle so that'll be interesting to see when it comes out in November they showed us a trailer that wasn't out yet and still isn't out at the time we recorded this but the trailer looked really good um, so I'm excited to see it when it comes out in November but they were doing um, they did a press conference on Saturday afternoon and then they um, walked their red carpet on Sunday before they waved the green flag so and I have to say like you said um, Matt Damon seemed like a super nice guy Um, more than willing to answer questions take pictures um, just seemed very excited to be there there in general, and was just having fun with it. Bale was a little more reserved. Um, which kind of makes sense, I guess, just due to his personality. Uh, he wasn't; he was still happy to be there, but he just didn't show as much enthusiasm as Damon did. Um, was a little more standoffish, and uh, when they did like the red carpet, he was just moving through it faster than Matt Damon was, just with signing things and stuff. So I think he was still excited to be there, um, but maybe not as excited as Matt Damon. And then when they actually waved the green flag on Sunday, they stayed up there for like. I want to say like 30 laps or so just like watching the race so they were very both very excited to kind of be there and obviously being in a movie about racing to see real race cars on the track going you know as fast as they do they both thought that was cool so it was very cool to see them though in person um i did not ask either of them a question at the press conference because um, i was nervous and didn't really know what to ask so <laughs> well that's okay at least
1: you saw them i feel like we came so close to hollywood magic this weekend we the did, two of us
0: so Yeah, but uh, Matt Damon, so get ready for that movie when it comes out, Ford v. Ferrari. Again, it's not Ford versus Ferrari. They were very adamant about that. It's Ford, letter V, Ferrari. Oh, my. And it comes out in November. So maybe when we do that, we'll probably do an episode on it. If we do, I might play. I recorded the press conference audio, so we might play some of that when it gets closer. Um, Because right now, I mean, if we did it on this episode, you wouldn't know anything about it yet because they don't have the trailer out. So (laughs) you wouldn't be able to reference anything. Well, so. and
1: uh, you posted a picture on our Instagram. Yeah, We have an all new Instagram and it's, uh, we tried to make it easy if you search on Twitter or Instagram. If you look up po- Silver Screen Podcast, it'll show up, but it's podcast underscore silver, both for Twitter and Instagram. So we would love to yes. have more followers too. And I'll post a picture of Tom Hanks as well that I took.
0: Yes. So podcast underscore uh, silver on Instagram. I think it's the same on Twitter. I'm yes. Gonna check, yep. So. Okay cool oh it's actually just at podcast silver on twitter so oh you don't right, need right, an underscore there so oh thank um, you
1: good catch
0: there you go but yeah just search silver screen podcast and you can follow us so yes our goal is you know a million followers by tomorrow yeah. so if you could <laughs> make that now. happen great um because we're really close uh so uh, yes yeah. so those are our interactions with celebrities which probably won't happen again maybe in the history of this podcast speak but for
1: yourself jared
0: you never know <laughs> katie's gonna star in a movie with tom hanks coming up here <laughs> in a few years Um, so now let's move on to our review for this week, which is the remake of Aladdin, which has been a story that has been told many times, uh, twice by Disney. Uh, once obviously in 2019, this, this new version, but then also, um, there was a version released in 1992, which you may be familiar with. If you're kind of around our age, that's probably the one you watched as a kid. The synopsis, if you don't know, um, Aladdin is a lovable street urchin who meets Princess Jasmine, the beautiful daughter of the Sultan of Agrabar. While visiting her exotic palace, Aladdin stumbles upon a magic oil lamp that unleashes a powerful, wisecracking, larger than wife genie. As Aladdin and the genie start to become friends, they must soon embark on a dangerous mission to stop the evil sorcerer Jafar from overthrowing young Jasmine's kingdom. So... There's your synopsis. Made $91 million its opening weekend. That was the three-day total. Made a little bit more if you factor in Memorial Day because it was a holiday weekend. So did pretty well at the box office um, overall. On the list of Disney live action remakes, um, it has already passed Dumbo in total box office gross in its first weekend. Dumbo made 112 the whole time it was in theaters, and Aladdin has already made 128 million. So it's doing well there. Um, And then some other things about the movie as well. Um, Obviously, we're going to run down the cast here in just a minute as far as who's in the movie and kind of comparing it to the original version in 1992. Which uh, was great as well. So but I wanted to ask you too, Katie kind of this is obviously a remake and Disney has been doing a lot of these recently and they have more coming up that we'll be reviewing most notably Lion King which comes out here in just a couple weeks. But where do you fall on the original Aladdin and original for the terms of this discussion will be the one that came out in 1992. That's the one you and I both kind of grew up with. So where where you fall on that 1992 Aladdin.
1: Uh, Where does it fall? Like in the classic Disney movies?
0: Yeah. Kind of how big of a fan of it were you when you were a kid? It is
1: my number two. Beauty and the Beast was my absolute favorite. I don't know in the line of when these things came out, which I saw. I just know Beauty and the Beast was first, but Aladdin was definitely consistently my second favorite my whole life.
0: Very nice. Um, It wasn't really as big for me, which was interesting. I was a big, I did like Beauty and the Beast. I was a big fan of Lion King, um, Toy Story, obviously, even though it's a Pixar movie, but kind of came yeah, out at Yeah, I didn't time. put Toy Story
1: in the running because that yeah. would drastically change everything. But I will say, um, I, I want to make it known, Jasmine was not my favorite. I dressed up as her for Halloween, but I did a lot of them. I didn't like Jasmine's character in the animation nearly as much. So I thought okay. that, that was a big difference for me between this one and the animated one.
0: Not one of your favorite Disney princesses, No, I didn't like her attitude. She
1: seemed kind of... I don't think pretentious is the right word, but spoiled and just kind of standoffish in the animated one. Good to know. And I
0: haven't... um, Did you watch the animated one before you watched this remake, like recently? I didn't. Did you have a chance? I didn't recently. I think the most recent time
1: was actually probably a year ago, but I... I think I remember it like the back of my hand, because I've watched it so many times.
0: (laughs) I have actually not watched the original in quite a while, so I was, which I think was kind of good for this in some ways, because there were things that happened that I had forgotten about Mm -hmm. from the original, Um, and I'm sure as we go along, you can kind of do a better job of comparing things in the original versus things in this remake, some things that they changed and and stuff like that, so I'll lean to you on that, but before we get into kind of what we liked and the musical numbers and all that, I wanted to run down, as we always do, the cast... Um, obviously starting with the, the person who has top billing, even though they're not in the movie as much as Aladdin is, but that would be Will Smith mm-hmm. as the genie.
1: <laughs> Everybody loves Will Smith.
0: They do. I think he's, he's definitely one of the more charismatic actors in Hollywood today. I would say, um, and there are people who it doesn't matter, kind of like with Tom Hanks, it doesn't matter if the movie sucks or if they're not interested in what the movie is about, but because Will Smith is in it, they will go see it. That's that's a legit thing that happens, so he always has good box office success, um, and that's, that's something to be, uh, you know, obviously, that's a big thing here in 2019, people going actually out to the theaters to see movies, so good for Will Smith. Yeah. And I think it's such a, this is such a tough role as well um, to play the genie, because from the original Aladdin, everybody knows Robin Williams is the genie and just how much enthusiasm and kind of great voice work he brought to that role. So it's definitely filling big shoes. But I thought he did a pretty good job in this. Um, and we'll get in more on that in a few minutes. But. How do you think uh, he compared to kind of Robin Williams' Genie? And also he said, too, I know I've seen a bunch of interviews with him uh, about this movie that he said this is like the most fun he's ever had doing a movie. Oh, which wow. Which kind of makes sense. So it's such a fun role to play. But he said he every interview I've seen with him, he's just said, I had so much fun making Aladdin. It was just a great time and great people. And I just loved the role of, of Genie.
1: That is so neat. I have watched interviews with him as well leading up to this, but I didn't hear that. So that's really cool. And I think you could tell it translated onto the film that he was having fun doing this. And I thought, compared to Robin Williams, I don't honestly know that I can do that fairly because I don't know that anybody could be better than the original Robin Williams. I feel like he was the genie. I don't think of the genie as a separate entity. But I actually, a lot of people scared me about Will Smith in this whole film I loved Will Smith's take on the genie. And he even said in a couple interviews, he was talking about how he basically didn't want to steal all of Robin Williams, thunder yeah. all of the funny things that he did. And you could tell, I think that guy Ritchie did a great job um, directing this, making it different enough. And I think uh, Will Smith, he kept saying he added kind of his Fresh Prince of Bel Air take. He said, I gave it kind of a hip hop feel. And I think that was a genius move because it wasn't insulting in my opinion to what Robin Williams did, but it, I got the hip hop thing and I loved the hip hop thing. Cause I was a big fan of Fresh Prince growing up as well. That was one of the shows after school that we could totally watch and we were allowed to watch and it wasn't, you know, raunchy or anything. So I loved it. I thought he did a great job and he was the one I was most worried about.
0: Me too. So I'll touch on that a little bit more in a minute, but that was kind of one of the big issues because when everybody saw the trailer, they're like, ooh, that Will Smith genie does not look great. He's very blue and it's live action and that's weird. But as you actually watch the movie, that's one of the least amount of issues I had with it is Will Smith's performance as the genie. I thought, like you said, he was great. Yeah. So Next up in this movie, playing Aladdin, we have... uh, Mina Masudi? Did I say that right? I
1: think it's Mina. Okay. I could Mina, be wrong, okay. and I should double check. And I apologize. Say, no, I. We both could be wrong. Who knows? <laughs> I'll look it up. But I. I love him. I'm just gonna. Let's just take a moment for Mina Masood. <gasps> He is so fantastic. And I looked up to, I wanted to know how old he was to make sure when I add him to my list that it's appropriate. He is 27 years old. Um,
0: Definitely qualifies. Definitely definitely.
1: qualifies. We are close in age. Um, He was born in Egypt. I wanted to know, but he was raised primarily in Canada. And he has starred in a ton of TV series, but I don't think they've been something that has aired in America a lot. So, but I did look, he has been in Jack Ryan, the one with John Krasinski, Uh, that TV series. He played a character in that one. And then he was in a couple other series, one called Open Heart, one called Cut to the Chase. And I looked at upcoming things because I am positive this will bring him upcoming projects, but he's going to be in an animated film that's coming out in 2020. That one is called Lamia's Poem. Hope I'm saying okay. that one right. But man, he he impressed me. I think we both felt differently. But uh, he, to me, was also a great real life version of Aladdin. I felt like he had a smile for days and charm for days. Um, so he was really interesting and a cool pick. Did you have thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, I'll get into that a little bit more when we touch on the things we didn't like, okay. and I don't know if it's specifically his performance, more just like how his character was written, sure. and kind of how Guy Richie Ritch- directed him. But I think as an actor, he was very charismatic, and like you said, was definitely fit the role of Aladdin. Looks like Aladdin as well, um, kind of from the animated movie. So, um, which is always great too. And like you said, I think he will get a lot of upcoming stuff now that he's been in a Disney movie. That kind of opens the path for like whatever you want to do. Yeah. So. Um, so next up we have Naomi Scott as princess Jasmine was also, I thought she was very good in this movie. Um, I liked her character as well and she's been in some things too. Um, and she's still pretty young as far she's 25. She's the same age as me. So she's still young in her acting career, lots of time to do projects, but she's in power Rangers. Um, we should mention she played the pink Ranger and then she's going to be in the uh, remake of Charlie's angels that Elizabeth Banks is doing that comes out later this year, which we'll probably get a trailer for very soon because it comes out in November. So that'll. Probably a thing that happens here in the next month or so, but uh, again, kind of early on in her acting career. But I thought she did a good job with with Jasmine.
1: Yeah, she and also she just turned twenty six. I only wanted to double check because her birthday was in May. Um, oh, okay, so she was born in London, which I knew because I've heard her accent and I've heard her speak in interviews. So I knew that she, but she did a great accent that was not English um, in the film. But uh, her parents, her father is actually English, but her mother is from Uganda. And is of Indian descent, like Indian um, from India. Um, she's also, as you mentioned, going to be in the new Charlie's Angels, which I'm actually really looking forward to. And then the only thing I knew of that she had done before this, she was the Pink Power Ranger in the 2017
0: reboot movie. So
1: that's what Good I have know. about Naomi. And she is married. So gentlemen, if she's on your list, I'm so sorry. She is already married, actually.
0: Yeah. What's that up? Because uh, she was looking very cute in this movie. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Unfortunately, she is, uh, she is married already. So. <sighs> I know. Bummer there. Mm. Congratulations, Jordan Spence, her husband, who plays on a soccer team in England. So good to know.
1: (laughs) And then another star, another familiar face we had in here is Nassim Pedrad, who is from SNL. I think you and I both knew her most from SNL from 2009 to 2014. She played Dahlia. She was like the the handmaiden to uh, Princess Jasmine. And Nassim, I wanted to know a little history about her. She actually was born in Iran. So cool. Very interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. And her character is new, was not in the original right. Aladdin. So and I thought her, she did a very good job with her character. I did too. Definitely brought some comedic relief and was very, her and Jeannie kind of have a subplot that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that there, her character was a nice addition to this movie and definitely added something to it. So, and Nassim is very funny as well. If you have not watched episodes of her on SNL, go do that. Cause she's definitely a, a great cast member.
1: And another person, um, Just of note, because he seemed familiar to me, but I wasn't sure. The gentleman that played Jafar, I believe I'm saying this right, Marwan Kanzari, he is Dutch, which never in my life would I have thought, oh, Dutch, but he is. And he was in a movie that I saw that was on Netflix called What Happened to Monday that was really good. And he also was in Murder on the Orient Express, which I also saw. So that is why he seemed familiar to me. I don't know much else about him, actually, other than that. And when we, again, discuss what we liked or didn't like, I'll bring him up. Um, And then the last person of note is Navid Negabon. He played the sultan. He was one of the scariest villains I've ever seen before. He was in two seasons of Homeland. He played a leader of Al-Qaeda named Abu Nazir. And I won't share anything that he does or does not do in that, that show, but I love Homeland. It's one of my favorite shows ever. And so that was the thing I knew him the most from. But he played a very sweet sultan in this movie.
0: Yes. So that kind of rounds out your main cast. There's a few other people in this, but it doesn't really have that big of a cast. Um, I mean, you just really have, like you said, Genie, Aladdin, Jasmine, Jafar, the Sultan, and then Nasim Pedra as Dahlia, the new character. So that's kind of basically everybody that's important in this movie so let's move on to some things that we liked about this movie Um, I know we mentioned it a little bit but for me I did really like Will Smith's performance I thought like you said going in it was definitely the thing I was most skeptical about the thing that I think a lot of people were most skeptical about but he definitely nailed this Um, I thought he was good his musical numbers were good he had a lot of charisma fun character um, and had to show some emotion at times too with some things that happened but I thought he did a really good job as the genie.
1: Oh, I did too. I mean, I, again, I just love that he did the hip hop idea and I didn't think that he did anything. I didn't think he stole anything directly from Robin Williams. And because I remembered the 1992 film so well, um, there were even things I expected him to do because I was so used to Robin Williams doing them that Will Smith didn't do. And I liked that because it wasn't what I expected, but I also, I just enjoyed his choices. He, he impressed me. I really, I'm, I'm serious. People made me I felt like I went into this movie thinking it was just going to be horrible and Will would be the worst part. And that is just simply not the case. So great job, Will Smith.
0: Yeah, Will Smith did great. I actually wanted to see Will Smith more on screen. I mean, he's in this a decent amount, but there were times where I was like, ooh, wish we could get back to some Will Smith Genie because that's a really fun aspect of this movie. So another character that I really liked personally was uh, Naomi Scott as Jasmine. I thought she really acted that character well. Her character had a lot of depth, um, also was definitely more involved in like uh, equal rights and women's rights and things in this movie and standing up for yourself and the people in your community and your town. Um, But I thought she did a really good job with her character, and her character had a little more depth and was played a little differently from the original Aladdin back in the 90s.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly what I thought as well when I was watching it, because the original one, like I said, I just didn't like... Jasmine's character, um, I didn't think she was as approachable, whereas somebody like Belle, I just thought seemed so warm and so fun and intelligent. And then um, I didn't feel that way about Jasmine, but I loved her in this version. I thought Naomi Scott has a beautiful voice every piece of clothing she wore too and her lipstick was on point in every scene and it it just made me feel like the setting and the culture was so rich there and that Guy Ritchie did such a good job bringing that to life but I thought Naomi was great I love the word that you chose depth I thought she gave a lot of depth to this character and when we discussed the end I there was a moment between her and the Sultan that just was so magical to me and they even gave her a new song which I I knew there were going to be a couple new original songs but I didn't know that one of them belonged to her so that was also I liked that part.
0: Yeah, very cool. Um, how did you like Abu and Iago? Uh, kind of the two, you know, animated characters in this movie. Obviously, Iago is Jafar's bird, um, and Abu is Aladdin's monkey. Um, but I thought they were both pretty good. They were they were cute. Um, Alan Tudyk does the voice of Iago, and then Frank Welker, uh, who was, did the voice in the original f- film for Abu, does his voice again in this one. So I thought they were kind of fun little offshoot characters. Um, and sometimes those can be those kind of side animal characters. Sometimes can be funny, or they can be like annoying really quickly but I didn't think they were annoying in this one I thought they added a nice little amount of of humor and, and things to it yeah
1: that's actually a great question because I didn't even think in my notes to put anything down I thought Abu was so cute and he was in the original as well I thought they did a good job of animating his face but not making it too cheesy and then Abu I I remember him from the original, um, oh, excuse me, Iago. Um, I remember him being very annoying in the film. He was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried, the comedian and actor. So I, that voice is so famous anyway. Um, and I think he was a good choice for the original, but I like that Iago wasn't a huge, like a huge role in this. I think they did a very good balancing act between how much we hear from him and also how little we hear from him. So, you know, that's what thought, stood out. Yeah,
0: I thought that was good, too, because like, as you said, you already have Genie, who's like this big omnipresent, you know, very loud and lots of stuff going on with him. So then if you also have another character that's doing that with Gilbert Godfrey doing a Yagu, you're like, wow, this is a lot. For, for one movie yes. to like just have all this happening. So I liked the fact that Alan Tudyk definitely played him more of kind of sarcastic, low-key. Um, the, they wasn't nearly as much out there and he did appear in a few scenes and becomes kind of like a villain later in the movie, which we'll get into. Um, but I thought that was well done to not make him as, I thought him in the first one, like you said, was kind of annoying. So, but that just kind of Gilbert Godfrey in, in general, as far as characters he plays. He just has that very recognizable voice and most of the times the characters associated with that are just loud and kind of doing a bunch of stuff.
1: Yeah. So. You know, another thing I wanted to ask you about, just curious about your thoughts. So Jafar had the staff, you know, that becomes, it lights up and it mm-hmm. it basically transfixes people and puts them, they're like hypnotic. That happened in the original and I remembered that. I actually really liked how they did it. I was nervous about that in particular, becoming too cheesy or looking too fake. And I actually thought they did a really nice job changing the eye color of the person that they were hypnotizing and that it lit up, but it didn't It didn't just look like this fake animatronic uh, instrument or anything. So how'd you feel about the staff, the Cobra staff that Jafar had? I thought,
0: I thought the staff was good. I liked, like you said, how they changed the eye color. I think that's a good indicator too for kids to know that something is happening and this is different than it originally was. You have to think of that too. Like this whole movie was kind of made for kids, right. obviously, because it's a Disney movie. So you have to be able to explain these things plot-wise in a way that makes sense so that a eight-year-old can say, oh, I understand what's going on. Um, so I thought they did a good job of that. And I did like the staff and wasn't too, you know, out there and crazy. Um, there was another thing about Jafar that I didn't like, which we'll get into in a, in a few minutes. But I thought that his staff was, was well done. It really accented his character pretty well to show that he does have a, a source of power. Yes. So another thing that I thought was good in this movie were um, the costumes. I thought it was very well done with the costumes in this one. Um, Lots of colors, lots of, you know, accurate costuming in this one. Um, Very bright, too. And I thought it really in some of the musical numbers, especially definitely stood out all the different costumes. But what did you how did you feel about the costumes in this one?
1: I loved the costumes. Um, Everything was so brightly colored and ornate. And I thought it was a very good representation of the area where Aladdin is supposed to be filmed, kind of that Morocco um, area. And they Mm -hmm. filmed it in Jordan, which is becoming more popular, by the way. I knew that they filmed um, the Martian there so they would get like that red desert look. Um, But I thought whoever, the costume designer did a phenomenal job. And I loved too that they made Jasmine's outfits more exciting um, because they, in the original, you know, she just wears that blue two-piece
0: outfit. Kind of the whole time. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: I was glad they switched it up. And I actually, I loved like the harem pants and all sorts of things that Aladdin wore. I thought they did a really good job of making those look appropriately worn in and something not as nice that, he, you know, cause he wouldn't be able to afford anything better, but they still looked really good and very indicative of like the area they were in. But another choice I was glad they didn't make. And, um, I don't know if you remember this from the 92 film. But at the end, when Jafar is kind of, you know, at his peak craziness and is deciding to become the head sultan and all that stuff, Jasmine, actually, they put her in this outfit, this red outfit, I'll never forget, because red is my favorite color and I loved it, but I remember it being overtly sexual almost this outfit okay. and the color and everything and I loved I kept thinking they were going to do that in this and they didn't and I don't know if that was a conscious choice but I have a hard time believing that they didn't think that through so I like that they chose not to make anything else on her overtly sexual and that they didn't make it red and that they diverted a little from the original film so that was just something that really stood out to me because I did love that outfit in the original, original film but I remember it made me uncomfortable even as a kid just like that Whole yeah, scene I'm and what looking she was
0: at I had forgotten about it, but I'm looking at pictures right now, yeah. and now I remember it when she is interacting with Jafar, so I think too, yeah, and this one, they definitely go with a more modest costume approach, yes. I mean, you, bar- you barely see, I don't think you see at all in Naomi Scott's like midriff or anything like that, um, mm-hmm. she doesn't, very rarely wears like revealing stuff or two-piece or anything like the animated Jasmine would wear, so, but she does, like you said, have a variety of costumes throughout the movie, so I thought that was that was nice as well, to kind of vary that up instead of just that blue, yeah. light and- blue kind of dress, And
1: possibly, I know Morocco isn't exactly correct, because I I do believe that original books and everything, this takes place, it's supposed to be more Baghdad. But either way, I'm just saying I love that they they took that approach and made it look more like what we would see if we went to the Middle East or something, or went to Egypt or somewhere. Um, How different that would look from something, you know, blue jeans and stuff in America.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, another thing I think we both liked about this movie is that, um, you know, like you said, this was set in Morocco or Iran, uh, somewhere around there, but they actually got uh, people of color to play the actors in this movie, which is always a good thing when you're making a movie about people of color in Aladdin, that you get actual people of color to play the roles, so... (laughs) That's that's always that was
1: my favorite favorite thing. I and I mean that sincerely. When I left the film, I turned to my boyfriend and I just was like, "Did you notice? Not one single top billed cast member was Caucasian." And I thought that was so neat because, of course, they aren't in Aladdin and they shouldn't be. But it's like when people, you know, say Jesus is automatically white. And I think, well, he was from the Middle East. I love that they did that here. They took that approach where they were like, hey, culturally, we have to have diverse people here. And that's another reason I wanted to comment on where all of the cast members were born or what descent, you know, where their families were from. So fantastic job, Hollywood. I actually feel like you got this totally right. Way to go.
0: Yeah. And I feel like they're moving towards more in that direction, which is good. Like with Crazy Rich Asians, you know, everybody in that cast was of Asian descent. Um, You look at like the big sick with Kumail Nanjiani. um, And in that movie, he plays himself. So that's obviously accurate. So it is kind of trending in that direction, which is which is good for sure. Um, Definitely something that you like to see. So let's talk about the musical numbers now. Um, And in this one, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have two new musical numbers, correct? That's
1: what I counted as well.
0: Okay. So we have um, the one song at the beginning of it that's like right after Will Smith gets on singing Arabian Nights um, that is called One Jump Ahead that is kind of Aladdin's big musical number. And then we have Speechless later in the movie, which is Jasmine's kind of big musical number. What did you think of the new musical numbers that they added? They both kind of take different tones. Jump Ahead is kind of more of a fun song, and Speechless is a little more serious. So, what did you think of those?
1: I think a lot of people are praising Speechless, and I think it was a great song. If there was one song I thought was a tiny bit too long um, or pushed an agenda, I did think it was Speechless. Now, I agree. Th- yeah. That being said, I mean, I love what they're doing with that. Again, I've, I've said on probably every episode how much I like the direction Hollywood's going with the women's movement. However, I did think that one was definitely pushing an agenda um, and was slightly too long. Like if they shaved off 30 seconds, I think we would have still understood what was going on in that song. But um, the one jump ahead was very cute. I don't remember it standing out to me in any particular way, but I thought they were fine to add. Um, I don't think it would have taken away from the film if they didn't have them in there, but I did enjoy them and I thought they did a good job. It sounded enough like the original two. I didn't feel like they stood out in a bad way.
0: Yeah. So um, One Jump Ahead is just basically like a a song that kind of introduces you to Aladdin and his world and what's happening. So I thought that was a good way to do that. in you know, three and a half minutes now we're in and we know kind of about Aladdin and what's happening. And there was some interesting choreography during that as well. He's kind of running through town and that's kind of a fun, a fun thing to see. Um, So what was your favorite musical number in this movie?
1: Okay, it's a toss-up, and they are also my two original favorites from the original. Um, I love Prince Ali when he comes into the town, and he's pretending Mm -hmm. to be a prince. Um, I just love that because the words are so clever, and the menagerie, and they bring all the animals. And it seems like, to me, the biggest production number of the film. Um, And it felt that way in the original, but I also love the Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me. I always want to say you've got a friend in me from Toy Story and then I'm like no it's not that's not what it is but I I do love when the genie introduces himself and that was the first one where I expected to know every single word and they changed a couple things um both for both of those songs that Robin Williams added which might have been improv I don't know um but Will Smith didn't do which I thought was good so those are absolutely my two favorite songs oh can I also point out A Whole New World, I feel, is one of the songs that if it was on the radio, it would be one of the most overplayed songs of all time. I actually loved the version and preferred the version in this new one rather than the old one.
0: Yes, that was that was good. So and you're talking about the one that was in the movie, correct? Not the one because there's <gasps> right. another one that plays during the end credits. Good that point. Does. Thank you. So, good point. Okay.
1: Um, I like the one in the movie when they're okay. actually on the, the carpet. I that Aladdin and
0: Jazz. Yes, do. Okay. but I would
1: much rather if I was going to buy one, I would buy the new version in the movie rather than the original film version. Yes.
0: Uh, I think my favorite musical number in this was definitely Prince Ali. Um, It's very, like you said, it's very fun. Aladdin's coming into town. I read that there's over, they used over a thousand extras in that particular scene in this movie. It's definitely, like you said, the biggest kind of production. There's animals, there's tons of costumes, and Genie is kind of leading the whole way, introducing Prince Ali to Jasmine. So I thought that was very fun. It also kind of comes like right in the middle of the movie, which is a nice kind of like pick up you know get excited point of the film because some things up to that can can kind of go a little slow so i thought that prince ellie was really solid um in this one and will smith did a great job with it it's obviously kind of besides friend like me it's definitely his second biggest musical number um and it's kind of almost more of a bigger musical number than friend like me because so much of that is like done with animation and and this one especially like green screen cgi whereas Prince Ali is really just performing in front of an audience and I thought that he was he did that really well and everybody involved in that was was pretty good and that song is such a fun song and very catchy to sing along to so I I liked Prince Ali
1: agreed great track
0: so let's move on to some things that we didn't like about this movie and I think Katie, that I have more things that I didn't like than you, so I think our grades will probably be different at the I end do of this. Too. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe drastically. I so. think so,
1: which is kind of exciting, though, because be we should differ. Yeah, I think that's so,
0: good. So, uh, the first problem I had with this movie. Um just to, just off the bat is that I didn't really love the characters of Aladdin and Jafar. And I'm not saying I didn't like the actors that played them. I don't know what they were given to work with. Um I don't know how Guy Ritchie directed them, but I thought one Aladdin just wasn't like they're like Aladdin almost dies a couple times in this movie and each time I was like I don't really care if Aladdin dies right now. Like he could die and we could just move on <gasps> and I wouldn't really wouldn't really care. Like, I didn't really have a big emotional connection to him, which I think is what you need for your lead character. And then Jafar. Jafar in the original is, like, so freaking creepy. And especially as a kid, just like, ooh, that dude is evil and he's very, like, weird. Kind of almost like Scar is in Lion King. Just kind of plays that very, like, kind of, I don't know what how you would even describe it, that role. But just, like, that kind of convincing people that he's good when he's really not. And I thought Jafar in this one was just, I don't know. I didn't really feel that from Jafar in this one that he was actually a force to be reckoned with until like the last, you know, 15 minutes maybe. But I think you have to set it up before then so that you actually have like a good villain throughout the the course of it. But I didn't really love Aladdin and Jafar. So how do you feel about those? I know you probably probably differ a little bit.
1: Well... I do. I actually do disagree with the Aladdin one, but I think it's okay to disagree. Okay. I agree with you on Jafar. I'll say that first. I not to insult Marwin's performance. I'm sure he's a great actor, um, and I've liked him in the other things. The two uh-huh. things I mentioned, but he to me, I the expression to me was dead eyes. You know when people say yeah. there's not a lot going on behind their eyes. I don't like mean no that face acting. Yeah, I don't mean that as if he's dumb. I don't think that at all. I just I I felt he was the one I. I least connected with or felt had the most emotion or anything. And um, it's kind of like when we were talking about Endgame, we talked about, you know, what was Thanos' motive? I don't know that I understood the motivation for Jafar. You, you get that it's power, but I didn't feel like there was actually any emotion happening on his face um, during any of this, even when he was angry. Like he shouted a couple times, but I didn't feel like he was actually mad. I felt like somebody said, "Hey, act mad
0: yeah so So. he
1: didn't uh I agree with you he didn't do a whole lot for me um I would be excited to see him in something else and maybe maybe he would relate a little more um I did I do disagree with Aladdin only because I think for me the whole point the whole thing with this movie is this hit me I think this came out I would have been six four four years old four years old is that right
0: man i would have been i would have been negative oh one.
1: wait 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 did it no 92 oh my gosh only four years old
0: yeah it would but, have been four um, yeah four or five
1: yeah so but i remember i had a, a really emotional connection to this movie and i think it was because aladdin i do remember was my first animated crush like i thought he was so cute <laughs> so um i know freud would probably tear that apart but i think that the that mina or mayna will will figure that out for everyone but I think that he is so attractive. Like, I find him so physically attractive in real life that, to me, he was Aladdin. Like, he was what I envisioned if I had envisioned him, you know, as a a live human being um, back then. So I thought he was extremely handsome and a perfect pick. And I also thought he had the perfect amount of charm. Um, he seemed slick and like he would be good with the ladies and also sweet. Like when he handed the food, the figs to the boy at the beginning, I just felt like that was real and genuine. Also, that was a change um, in the original. It's an apple, not figs. Okay. So I I caught that one as well. But I loved him as Aladdin, but it is completely OK that you did not
0: So while we're talking about Aladdin and Jafar, I had like two other things with them. One, how do we feel? I know this is a a thing in the original, but how do we feel like the first 45 minutes of the movie, you know, Aladdin stealing a lot, and basically just gets away with it kind of every time with like no ramifications. I just thought to myself as I'm watching this, I'm like, I don't know if that's a great lesson to teach kids. That like our main lead character is kind of just like robbing people and is you know it's perfectly fine there's really no ramifications for it um i didn't know if you had thought of that or how you felt about that at all but i just thought that was kind of an interesting Take I know that happens in the original. I know it's kind of like his character set up, but he just like did it a bunch, especially in the early parts of this movie. Like even when he's trying to woo Jasmine, he like yeah, steals things off bracelet. of her. And I didn't know if that was like a great again. The thinking of this from a kid's perspective is that a great lesson to teach kids that like, no. hey, this person has this toy, just go ahead and take it from them. They'll think it's fun and it's cool, and you'll like become friends.
1: No, not at all. I think that's a good thing to point out. Also, in the original, he didn't steal her hair clip or bracelet. That never happened. So I thought that was interesting that they did that yeah. as a way for him to see her again and come. To the palace because that is not what happens in the original but um one thing they changed that has to do exactly with what you're saying I'm not sure why they did this um I heard a rumor but it's not confirmed in the original film someone almost cuts off his hand I think because he steals um that apple um it's like one of the men that's the vendor of the cart or whatever is about to like he pulls out like a a huge saber and it's going oh, to cut his hand or something, but <laughs> they didn't do that in this one. And the rumor I heard was that they changed a couple things because they either thought it was too violent or it didn't age well as far as like sexism and stuff. So yeah. I'm not positive if that's what happened here. Okay. Um, or if maybe they were just like, it's fine. He's poor. Kids will get that. But I don't know that kids would get that, but that's yeah. a really good thing to point out. And I, it didn't go unnoticed by me either. Um, I just didn't focus as much on it. As as you did, it sounds like yeah.
0: So two other little things that happen like later in the movie um, that I didn't really like is, is in the original. do they cut to Aladdin in the snow for like twelve seconds and then come back to current day? I thought that was a very weird. Like we're going out in the snow, but Aladdin, a genie comes and saves him. He's fine. We're back into you know the story. Like why do we even need to go out there in the first place?
1: Can you remind me I when guess- that is? Because there is a part when he is in snow in the original. But okay, I so know. it's
0: near. It's kind of near the end. Jafar is like asserting his power, and he's like, "I'm going to banish you to the ends of the earth, or whatever." And he basically, <gasps> Aladdin is in the snow. Um, he just gets he like vanishes him to the snow, basically. And it's like very quick, like maybe thirty seconds or so. And then he's he's kind of back. I forget exactly how he gets back. I think genie helps him out. You, um, but I that's I interesting. That was,
1: you might yeah, have I stumped just, me because okay. I do know in the original, there's at least one part where he does go to snow, but it is okay. towards the end and end, and Jafar, uh, he gets like, he basically, I don't know if he does like a flick of his hand or whatever, but Aladdin does go to the snow and then he, okay. he rolls through this tower. I don't know if this is making any sense, but the imprint, you know, where, um, where there'd be a window opening or whatever. This tower thing rolls over him, but he, of course, is where the window hits so he doesn't get crushed to death or anything. But that's towards the end. So I can't actually remember if that happens in the beginning of the original film. I don't think it does. So that's a really good catch if you're right
0: this was in this was near the end well, again when jafar is like asserting his power but I feel like what you're describing that scene might have been a little longer and made like a little more sense in the original yes. this was just very quick in this one like I thought to myself why did we even do that like it wasn't Like it was like he banished him and then there was like really no stakes because he was he was back where he needed to be in like less than a minute or two. So it didn't really seem like it was, you know, really needed to be in there. I thought it was just weird that they put that in. So but if it was in the original, then maybe, you know, trying to stay true to that, that makes sense. But it seemed like they had shortened it down again. I haven't watched the original in a while. But I thought that was just like an interesting thing that they did in this that made me go, hmm, that was a weird to like put him in a whole new location when we were kind of building up some tension in this like palace where we were already. Yeah. So. Good
1: point. That's a really good catch. I'm gonna have to watch the original again, but I really don't I, will too, I don't remember that. So to,
0: to see if that's in there. So Yeah, so I think they um, added it. Another thing that I didn't really like. Sorry, I have a lot of qualms with this movie. That's okay. Uh Genie Jafar at the end what did you think of that does that happen in the original where he like basically turns into a bigger genie yeah for okay. you know so th- two minutes. Okay. Yes.
1: That does actually happen <laughs> okay. in the original. One thing they didn't do that happens in the original though, is he actually turns into a snake at one point as well. Jafar okay. does. Um, and I kept waiting for that to happen. And then when it didn't, I thought, Oh, okay. I guess they just took that out.
0: Um, that makes sense with his staff though. Cause his staff has like a snake yes. on it. So, so he does that. that would, and yeah. at some
1: point too, he put Jasmine in a little, um, Oh gosh, I can't think of what they are where it's filled with sand and it tells time. I can't think of what those are. Actually. Oh, an hourglass, Yes, an hourglass. Okay. I'm so sorry. I blanked. Um he puts not the English major on this show. <laughs> he puts Jasmine in an hourglass and then Aladdin has to smash it because she's like suffocating in the hourglass. Man, when okay. you describe these things out loud, it definitely sounds so violent and so scary. <laughs> um, but in the and cartoon- it was a G-rated and, uh, Disney right, movie. Right, right. Um, yes. But to answer your question, yes, that does actually happen because he wants to become okay. the most powerful being know. on earth. And I remember him I screaming that in the-
0: I don't animated. know if it was just because it was animated weird or it looked weird or it was kinda cheesy, I thought, and it could be the actor's performance as well and the direction. It just just didn't really hit for me as it probably should have as far as like he him gaining all this power. Yes. So which kinda leads me into my next thing and that was again thinking about this through the lens of a kid, is do kids really care about like power and territories and ruling the land and all that, you know, I thought that was like, I know it's a point in the original too, but I just thought, I don't know if kids really care about that that much. Like that that's a the villain kind of plot point in this. I think
1: that's a fair thing to think about. Um, you actually did a good job of thinking about this from the perspective of a child. I didn't. I thought of how much <laughs> I loved it as a child. And so yeah. I went in thinking, Oh, this is so exciting to like relive these music numbers and all this stuff. Um, but this was based on A Thousand and One Nights, like the, the story that was from the 18th century. So I don't know that I would blame necessarily Guy Ritchie or Disney for making it into a kid's film so much as like maybe it shouldn't have been a kid's film in the first place because the story contained too much violence. kind of violent,
0: yeah. Heavy
1: issues, yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, I think that that's fair to say, does a kid care about it? I don't think the kid cares about it at all. Um, So I think you're right. But I also think, well, they chose to make this a movie from a story that probably was a little too heavy for children anyway.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good point. So yeah, I think we, we both, like you said, kind of thought about this differently. Whereas I was thinking of it from the aspect of, okay, I'm a kid and I'm maybe like, eight or ten years old and this is my first time kind of experiencing Aladdin you know I know of the 1992 one I've seen it maybe but this is my you know this is the Aladdin that came out when I was a kid so this is the one I'm going to relate to more right um, so I thought about that and that's kind of your big for Disney movie that's usually your audience anyway is kids so I thought about this from a kid's perspective and then I have uh, one more thing I don't really Guy Ritchie does this a lot in his movies I don't really love when he does it but the whole like slow-mo camera thing I thought He does it in Sherlock Holmes a lot, too, and he does it in this movie, and it's kind of, like, one of his signature things as a director, but I don't love it, and I thought he did it a lot in this movie as far as, like, slowing the camera down for the slow-mo. There's also some scenes, I don't know if you noticed, like, one time they were dancing or something it almost felt like he like sped up the frame rate like they were he moving did. faster than okay yes, so that, that was kind of weird too that
1: freaked me out so I loved the dancing that that number at the end I actually the one song I did download and buy from the film was actually the one in the credits um, the very end one yeah yes because I, I loved the hip hop and stuff that they put into it incorporated I love dance and that is part of my background so I was really into the dance sequences and I even loved that they added that dance in the middle of the film with Aladdin and Jasmine but I I dis- I love that Guy Ritchie does that, the slowdown. And I loved it in Sherlock Holmes. And I think that that's you're right, a signature move that he has, you know, just like Tarantino's gonna have the F-word and a bunch of violent scenes. Yeah. Um, so I'm fine that he does that, but I agree with you when he sped things up. It took me out of it for a moment because I thought, are my eyes is something happening? Is
0: something wrong with the where projector? I need, yeah, like, like do yeah. I need to
1: get my eyes checked? What's going on here? <laughs> So I agree with you on that, and, but I, I actually like his style, and I'm okay with that being his style. I just didn't like when the things sped up rather than slowed down.
0: Good to know. Yeah. And then the only other thing I had is that the original 1992 Aladdin is an hour and 31 minutes. We're in, we're out. get the credits, you know, boom. This one is two hours and eight minutes. I don't know if you had this experience in your theater, but near the end of this, probably about the hour 50 mark, there are definitely some kids that were getting restless. We're making noise, just kind of getting up kind of fidgeting in their seat. So again, thinking about this from the perspective of a kids movie, I thought that two hours and eight minutes included the credits are like about 10 minutes. So about two hours was just too long for a movie that was kind of aimed towards kids.
1: I love we, I love that we're disagreeing on this stuff because (laughs) well, just because like that's good. I hope people like this episode because I didn't expect us to disagree this much. I thought the time flew. Um, Okay. It did not feel long to me. It didn't take me out. But again, an interesting thing. I didn't think of a child's perspective and there were no children in the theater when I saw it. I don't okay. know why. Um, cause it wasn't particularly late at night or anything, but when I went, it was all adults and it was mostly people our age. So I'm not sure if that was because it was discount day. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I went to a different theater than I usually go to. So maybe it's just one that's not as close to families. I'm not sure. Um, but to me that it didn't seem too long to me at all.
0: Okay, good to know. So, yeah, I had I went on Friday of opening weekend, mm-hmm. and there were definitely a decent amount of kids in my theater, and that's just one thing I noticed as we got towards the end that kids were making noise, like some moms were telling their kids to be quiet or whatever, and I thought, yeah, that's, you know, that's nice, but they've also been in here for like two hours watching Aladdin, which yeah. seems like a long time. So. I went on
1: um, Tuesday the day after Memorial Day, so it was okay. right after opening weekend. So maybe people know. had seen it during the holiday.
0: And then before we give our grades, just one more thing that we have to mention is um, – and this may come as a surprise if you haven't seen the movie yet. But the movie ends. Um, they're doing their nice little dancing sequence. And then the credits start. And as the credits started, this song starts to play. And I'm about to get up and leave the theater because um, it's the credits. And I'm but about to I sit hear, through the
1: credits like I do.
0: <laughs> yeah. But then I hear, it's Will Smith and DJ Khaled. Uh. And I'm like, Oh. I got to sit here and listen to this song because now I am intrigued. We so. should do
1: like a, a siren or something for people we just loathe. And DJ could be the first one. <laughs>
0: DJ Khaled I is on that I list. I think we
1: both had this on our dislike. My dislike list is very short. Um, but DJ Khaled was on mine. He, I put actually, I quote, DJ Khaled ruins everything. End quote. Um, I... I Was like, what are you doing here? The only thing I could come up with was if they needed money to produce the song. But I don't think Guy Ritchie or Will Smith need the money to produce a song.
0: No. And the song is actually not bad. Like, it's kind of a remix. Oh, I loved it friend like me and will smith gets to rap on it yeah. and you're like i finally get to hear some will smith rapping and it's very fun for like a credit song before it goes into a whole new world kind of as the or as the sorry yeah that's the final one in the credits but i thought it was fine i just didn't i don't love dj cowan no. so when he shows up and it was pointless i thought why is this a thing that's happening yeah i Kinda think like I... when he shows up in pitch perfect and that's a whole plot point for 45 minutes
1: oh dear lord <laughs> which one is that
0: i think it's the third one He's he oh, definitely I didn't shows see up. That and,
1: one, okay.
0: Okay. Well, if you watch Pitch Perfect uh, three, DJ Khaled a waste plays a big part. Big part in that movie.
1: <laughs> well, I'm so glad we actually did agree on that one, and I I have deducted a full point of my score wow. because of DJ Khaled. Wow, a Colin. full point. Khaled. So that's
0: what DJ you get, Colin. Disney. Also, like, yeah, he's just, I don't know. His SNL performance, too, like, it was a few weeks ago. He didn't sing it all during I that. I would not waste my He just my made time. noise. I will
1: fast forward through that when I am watching it on him. Good.
0: Unless you like to watch a lot of other um, artists who are actually talented perform, because that's basically what happened <laughs> yeah. during it. There was, like, 12 people on stage. DJ Khaled just basically yelled a bunch. So, which is kind of what he does during this song. So Ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's that's going to bump it down just a little bit for me. So, are you ready to give your grade? I am ready. Okay, what is your grade for Aladdin 2019 version?
1: I think our grades are going to be vastly different. I am I going <laughs> to give Aladdin a 92 out of 100. Okay. Because all the things I mentioned, I loved the... Everybody that I saw as a child, I love how they embodied it. The characters, the people that they cast, minus Jafar. Um, I thought Aladdin was so charming, so handsome. I loved Naomi. I loved her portrayal of Jasmine. It made me love Jasmine, and I did not embrace Jasmine as a child. Um, oh, and... And I forgot my favorite part, which definitely influenced my grade. Um, at the end, and I guess this would be a spoiler, but I don't feel like people people know the we story. We can
0: really Aladdin. spoil Aladdin, yeah.
1: But at the end, <laughs> the Sultan, rather than in the original film, the Sultan says, "I'm going to change the law. That's a silly law. You can marry whoever you want. That's sweet and everything. But they took it a step further. And in this one, the Sultan made Jasmine." this next sultan so basically made yeah. her president um and then he also said now you like he didn't say this but it was implied that now she had the power to change the law and marry whoever she wanted so he gave that power over to her and I thought that was an actual subtle way to do it I didn't feel like that was agenda pushing I felt like the song speechless was but I loved that they did that and that actually made me cry in the theater so that was the most moving moment of the film for me and I loved how subtle it was so kudos to Guy Ritchie um for for writing that down and their idea, but I loved it. I I loved the new um, songs. I loved the dance moves. I will absolutely buy this um, when it comes out. And if you are curious, out of the films that they have made into a live action film, this is my absolute favorite one they've done so far, even above Me and the Beast.
0: So okay. 92. Good to know. Thank you. Very nice. Um, speaking just real quick before I give my grade of emotional moments, I would say the one, the biggest one for me is when Aladdin, you know, uses his third wish to free Genie from kind of having to be the Genie. I thought that was just really played out very well with um, Aladdin and, you know, Genie and Will Agreed. Smith. I thought they acted that very well. And that was the one that hit kind of for me is like, you know, Genie was just like, wow, I get to, I can do whatever I want now. I can be whoever I want to be. And then one thing we didn't mention too, is that him and Nassim Pedra throughout the film, kind of have this like little relationship type thing going on. And at the end of the movie, once he's free, they get to kind of live that out a little bit more, which is cool. And that relates back to the beginning of the movie, which the very first scene you see is him and her on a ship with their kids. Yes. And they talk about that at the end. So that was a nice... I was like, why are we starting on a ship? Is this Pirates of the Caribbean? But then it all ties together at the end. And I thought that was a nice kind of nice ending thing for it as well. So since we've been talking about it, I raised my grade a little bit from what it was originally. Ooh. So But it's still much lower than yours, so I'm going to give Aladdin a 72 out of 100 for, for this one. So again, liked some things, thought the songs were good, Will Smith was great, didn't love Aladdin, didn't love Jafar, a little too long uh don't love the guy I don't really love Guy Ritchie as a director personally that's just me so I that's kind of going to bump it down and then DJ Khaled bumped it down uh, a couple points Ugh, too so that dude Sorry everybody um and for as far as ranking this for me I think I'm going to put this one I'm looking at the list right now I'm probably going to put this third um I think Jungle Book the Jungle Book live action is still my favorite um that john favreau did i think that one's really cool and just kind of it doesn't really follow the story of jungle book very much it's very different but i thought that was very interesting and i'm interested to see what he does with the lat or with the uh, lion king coming up here in a few weeks and then beauty and the beast is probably second and then aladdin is probably third for me i haven't seen the live-action cinderella so i can't Loved it. really rank i have that. a copy okay. if you
1: want to borrow it it's my Good second favorite.
0: Um, and then, if you're curious, like, what else has been made into a Disney live-action movie? Uh, we had Alice in Wonderland, uh, both of them, which were okay. Terrible. Uh, Maleficent. Terrible. Oz the Great and Powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, 101 Dalmatians, oh, the OG live-action remake in 96. And then uh, Pete's Dragon is the other one. And Dumbo, which neither of us saw Dumbo. Oh, didn't do very I well. I am never going to so. waste my time. Yeah, Dumbo's just not... I don't know why anybody... Nobody was asking for a remake of Dumbo. Nope. Didn't so like the Don't the first know why they did one. it. Don't know
1: why you did it. M- wasting your money. Didn't get...
0: Didn't make much money at the box office either. So I think they learned their lesson on that one. Yes. Uh, Not like it matters though, because they're Disney and they just have tons of money. So
1: Jared, I'm glad that we disagreed though. I think this was an exciting time.
0: Yeah, it's the first one that we've really kind of disagreed on Yeah, uh, throughout the course that our grades have varied so much. So um, definitely go see Aladdin if you haven't seen it yet. It's uh, in theaters. It'll be in theaters for a while. It won the weekend this past weekend. So they'll definitely have it in theaters until they have to. Again, Disney's only problem is going to be that they're going to have to kick it out for some other Disney movie. So (laughs) when Toy Story 4 comes out in three weeks, they're probably gonna have to back off Aladdin a little bit so they can have some screens for that. So which is one that I'm really pumped for. So, um, And we'll just real quick, before we kind of wrap up here, kind of let you know what we're going to review the next couple of weeks. So this wasn't on our original plan to review, but it's been getting a lot of buzz and um, lots of like critical acclaim and people are really loving it. And that is the movie Booksmart, which is directed by Olivia Wilde. It is in theaters right now. And so that's going to be the next one that we review. It's at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 9.6 on IMDb. So... Um, I'm interested to see this Katie. I this I didn't really know this movie existed until about three weeks ago But it's kind of been all the talk in movie land for the last couple of weeks
1: Yeah, I have I really appreciate that we're gonna cover this together because I have actually watched Olivia Wilde I follow her on all social media and love her and she has been talking about this for over a year So I did know it was coming up and was really looking forward to it And now that the reviews are starting to come back. I was like we have to cover this. It looks so good
0: yeah, I'm excited to see this. I love a good indie movie, um, especially in the summertime, so I think that's that's a really nice pace. Um, also, apparently, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte are all in this movie for a little bit, so pumped about that, too. Love all three of them, so can't wait to see that. And then um, also the girl that was in uh Ladybird that was very funny is in this as well. She yes. is
1: uh, Jonah Hill's sister.
0: Nice. Yeah. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So. I loved her in Lady Bird; thought she was hilarious um, next to Saoirse's character. So excited to see her in this! Yes. And then coming down the pipeline after that, Rocket Man uh, comes out. Probably by the time you listen to this, will be out with Taron Edgerton. It's getting great reviews yes, on is. Rotten Tomatoes so far. So, which is good to see because after Bohemian Rhapsody, um, you know that was good. Audiences really liked that. Critics didn't really like that as much. Also, uh, Rocket Man is rated R, whereas Bohemian Rhapsody was PG-13. So they've got a little more room to kind of make it a little more edgy. But 88% right now on Rotten Tomatoes with, um, let's see how many reviews it has currently. 153. So yeah, that's probably a solid hit. So good to see that. Um, and then coming up too, we have Toy Story 4. And then yesterday, the movie about basically the guy that, knows about the Beatles, but then everybody else in the world doesn't know about the Beatles. Um, So that should be interesting. Then we might do Spider-Man Homecoming. Again, it's a Marvel movie. Um, So, Katie, you're all caught up now, so we can... (laughs) We can do these. Um, So if it's got good reviews, we probably will... um, Or good buzz, we probably will do that. And then Lion King, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of rounds out the... That's through the end of July right there. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is right at the end of July. And that'll kind of close out June and July for the upcoming movies. So we'll be busy the next couple of weeks for sure. There's a lot of... Summer is busy. There's a lot of stuff coming out. But I'm pretty excited about this summer movie slate. I think it's it's very diverse. Um, I mean, we have... We only have... Let's see, two movies on here that are basically sequels, three if you count Lion King. I mean, we have Spider-Man, the second one, and then Toy Story 4, but those other ones on there are all originals, which is good to see.
1: Yeah, thank you, Hollywood. Finally, someone had a new idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we don't need a ton of sequels and remakes and everything uh, coming out, which is... I mean, those are fine, but again, original movies are always great, too, because it's something different, so... Uh, finally, just wanted to let you know that you can, uh, listen to the show a number of ways. Uh, you can listen on iTunes and your Apple podcasts app as well. Um, on Spotify. We're on Stitcher tune in. We're on Google podcasts now as well. If you have an Android or use the Google podcast app. You can listen on that. Just search the Silver Screen Podcast. And all of those, find us on Facebook. Um, just search Silver Screen Podcast. And then uh, Twitter is at Podcast Silver. Instagram is at Podcast underscore Silver. And you can follow us there. We put, we've put we been putting pictures up on our Instagram recently. We won't have as many celebrities on there as we did the past couple weeks, um, unfortunately, because we don't run into them as much living in the Midwest. But... Keep, a, keep an eye on that as well. And again, when new episodes are up, we'll work you on all the social media platforms. And then just uh, subscribe in whatever podcast app you use too. That way they just download right to your phone or computer, wherever you listen. And thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you uh, next time when we review Booksmart.
1: Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.